With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Two. One. Be careful where you step. The fragment of silicon may be sharp. Thinking a little more snow, honestly. Yeah, I was thinking about that in the shower, and I decided to not run out of snow one super fast since we have a lot in the forecast. Point taken. I'm like, th- there will be other opportunities, I suspect. Um, let me see. Uh, let me start by saying a bit of a maybe not programming notes, but a bit of a update on Max Indiegogo campaign. Um, it was supposed to launch today. I'm like, and we probably would have made mention of that, uh, you know, where it, where you could go to, uh, you know, donate and all that stuff. But it's been delayed uh, by a day due to um, schedule coordination issues, let's say. <laughs> so um, hopefully we'll have more on that on the Alpha episode tomorrow. Um, but uh, in the meantime, we got... Actually, not a European interview because I guess hails from Canada. It's just, you know, sometimes that happens. You know. Um, anyway, um, this uh, this week we have Jeffrey. Um, forgive me if I mispronounce your last name here. I've been trying to figure out how to do it, but um, I'm not exactly sure. Is it Zuko Whiskey? Oh, no, no, close. It's uh, Zu, uh, Zukowski. No worries, though. It's it's, right. a, it's a burden of a last name, and when no one in the world can pronounce it, <laughs> except for Poland, probably. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, I do have uh, Zukowski, a throwback yeah. entertainment. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Like I said, I've been trying to figure that out for you know a while now, and I'm like, <laughs> you. Uh, but this is probably like the kind of name I'm not going to get right until I hear it. Hey, man, I always say just think of Mike Wazowski from Monsters, Inc., and uh, you pretty much got it. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. Um, so uh, so for our long-term listeners, um, the name Throwback Entertainment might sound familiar. That's because about a year ago, um, we, had, we had the company on the show, that is to say, we had another representative last year. Um, I mm-hmm. believe that was the president, Robert. Uh, yes. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, considering that you're new to the show, um, we're going to start things out by getting to know well you. And sure. We like to start by finding out how you got interested in video games in the first place. 
Sure, yeah, absolutely. Um, so I guess, uh, first of all, I loved video games as a kid. Uh, one of my uncles um, actually had a little bit of part in, in um, doing some, some graphical stuff for the early uh, N64 days. Um, and he used to go over there as a kid uh, and uh, used to see kind of the, what he did on a daily basis and, and, and what he worked on. And that kind of started uh, a little bit of a spark for me for wanting to, to get into it. Um, I will say that the, the spark kind of died a little bit later on um, as, you know, I, I grew up and started going through school just because I saw that, uh, you know, it is a very hard industry to uh, get into. Um, uh, and so, you know, a little bit of my dream kind of kind of started to to dim out a little bit. But uh, as I started going through college, I, I went for um, web development and uh, database architecture, and then I ended up going for a uh, business as well. Um, and uh, when I graduated, uh, one of my first jobs was a market researcher, and I started uh, working directly within the tech industry. Uh, and actually worked on a project, which was this kind of suit um, that uh, kind of mimicked, um, I guess, you know, if you're playing like Call of Duty, it kind of mimics like gunshots and different stuff. Uh, that was uh, through the college university that I went to. Um, that was a project that I worked on too. And so I got to start with that. And then I worked my way as a business analyst. I uh, was still primarily focused on digital media and tech. Um, and then I ended up uh, actually working with um, Robert um, as a business analyst. Um, we met up, um, kind of just pitched ideas back and forth. I found out, you know, what Throwback Entertainment was, uh, you know, what it owned. Um, and what it's looking to do uh, towards the future. I uh, started working with him for a while on that. Uh, then I uh, took a, uh, a short leave and went to uh, Digital Extremes um, out in London, Ontario, which uh, makes the free-to-put title Warframe. So I worked on that for a little bit, worked at Digital Extremes for a bit. Uh, and then now I'm back at Throwback uh, as uh, Director of Operations. Um, and... Uh, you know, looking to get these games out that we own and uh, this great IP that we own. Yeah. Right. That's uh, how I kind of found my way. <laughs> right. Remember uh, when we had Robert on the program, we talked extensively about the back catalog of IP and, you know, mm -hmm. you know, there, like, you know, the plans there have been uh, in the making for about a decade now, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, can you elaborate, uh, you know, some of the issues that Throwback has faced in, you know, getting the old acclaimed games out there? Yeah, sure. So um, I, one of the biggest issues is, is you know, when we acquired um, the rights to the acclaimed titles, um, you know, unfortunately, there was this massive thing called the, the recession that happened, which uh, none of us had control. And, and there was a lot of ramp up work being done uh, in the company, um, you know, from, from what I know of, obviously, I wasn't in the company in the early days, but... Uh, essentially, uh, you know, there's a massive ramp up where there's executives coming from, you know, some very large corporate, from some very large uh, video game companies. Uh, and then, unfortunately, the recession happened and it kind of undid that. And, I mean, the video game industry during the recession was not, you know, the most lively uh, place to be in. Um, obviously, you know, it, it kind of solely runs off, of, you know, disposable income um, for the majority and also... You know, no one's really looking for investment or for, you know, work. Everyone wants to kind of play it safe, right? Nobody really wants to make a new company uh, in the middle of a, of a recession. So, you know, that, that definitely delayed it and that, um, that definitely put a standstill on the company for quite some time. Um, and then for the better part of, 
you know, about a year and a half, two years now, uh, you know, we've got a studio uh, out in the Toronto area. Um, you know, we're ramping up these titles uh, and we're, we're looking to get them ported out onto, you know, the, the current titles and IP that we own. You know, we want to make that accessible to people by any means, whether that be on, you know, Steam, Windows Store, GOG, whatever it be. Um, but, you know, we're also, you know, heavily vested uh, in, in taking that IP and, and reimagining it into, uh, into new titles as well. So, I mean, in all in all, you can pretty much, uh, you know, I don't, I don't want to use the word blame, but, uh, you know, the recession was a huge part in that and that, that delayed it by, you know, years. To be quite honest with you, it was, it was a difficult time. Right. I, I remember that coming up last time. And um, like even before that, uh, Robert uh, mentioned that um, like in the beginning days, they still had a lot of, um, well, acclaim stuff to deal with. Like, um, right. Yeah. Yeah legal, yeah. yeah. legal stuff. Creditors. Uh, I mean, you know, when you when you <laughs> when you get the property rights to, uh, you know, 180 plus titles, I don't think it's going to be smooth sailing, you know, in regards to there's probably going to be you know, mounds of paperwork. Um, also, keep in mind that these are older uh, uh, titles. And, and with that, you know, there's a lot of, you know, paperwork. It's not, hey, let me just send you over our hard drives and stuff like that, right? Like, we're talking hundreds upon hundreds of <laughs> boxes of paperwork that has to go through, uh, you know, uh, equipment, uh, you know, source code, various things like that. So, you know, when purchasing these things, there's almost, you know, a couple months to a couple years almost where you're just kind of assessing your assets and, and uh, seeing what you've got. Um, and then, you know, figuring out your, your business plan there, you know, going forward after that. So there's a lot of ramp up. Yeah. I'm um, like, we've actually talked to other studios who are kind of in the same game mm -hmm. and you know, they've relayed similar stories. You know, yeah. Sometimes, you know, you don't get things like the source code. Yes, that is exactly <laughs> right. Big issue is trying to track it down. Um, you know, uh, there's a lot of horror stories out there where basically, uh, you know, companies go in and buy uh, you know, companies up like Acclaim or, or, or other ones. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, employees of that, of that company are, um, you know, very attached to their work and, and in some cases, uh, do snag that work or, or assets or source code and, and just kind of run off with it in some cases. And that, that is a nightmare situation to deal with because then someone's pretty much holding, um, uh, like holding something hostage on you basically mm -hmm. for your business. So yeah, yeah, that's definitely a real world thing that happens more often than uh, you'd think. Right. <clears throat> Sometimes it's not that, um, I hesitate to say malicious or, or no, no, for sure. that personal. Like a lot of the time, source code is lost because it's tossed out. It's deleted. Yeah, yeah. It's just it's just eliminated from the world. Yeah, and a lot of times uh, people just you know want to take a copy of the source code and you know put it up online or something like that because you know there's the thought of hey you know this company's going down you know I don't know if this company's going to be bought up or if anything's going to happen to it right so hey I want my work to be at least be seen so that happens too but yeah no it's not it's not malicious in any way. Uh, you know, most of the time, but it's, uh, you know, it does happen. True. Well, sometimes, like, the source code is found. You know? Yes. In very, in very weird ways. There was, uh, um, I don't know if you guys saw, I believe it was a Kotaku article, but the uh, NBA Jam and Turok source code was found on some uh, indie machines that were um, auctioned off in the middle of, 
uh, somewhere in New York State. So like, yeah. like stuff still turns up to this day. Oh yeah, yeah. Which is insane. Yeah, heard about the Turok stuff. But what's interesting is we are, we know the we know Night Dive Studios, and they mm -hmm. actually have the source code to Turok through other methods. Yep. Yeah, it's just, yeah, like, um, dev kits seem to be a good source for not just, like, source code, but, uh, you know, unreleased games and other artifacts of the industry. Yeah, for sure. There's just, there's just CDs out there, too, around the world, just lying around with different source code, because, I mean, they have these auctions, and they just kind of do, like, a lot buy, right, where it's just, you know, hey, I'll give you a thousand bucks, and you get, you know, two indie machines and a stack of CDs, and no one knows what's on them, right? So... <laughs> There's, there's a lot of that also, and that stuff just turns up by, you know, happenstance. People buy the stuff and just try to toy around with these old pieces of, uh, you know, uh, technology, and then they go, oh, man, holy crap, I found Turok. So <laughs> that's just kind of how it goes. Yeah, um, certainly one way. I mean, you know, there are other methods if, mm -hmm. uh, if you don't have the source code. I mean, reverse engineering is one of them. Yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. Reverse engineering, emulation. There's there's lots of ways to to um, you know get those titles uh, up, and uh, if you don't have the source code. Yeah, I, I suppose tying it back in uh, to to your stuff. Like, do you have the source code to all the claim properties that you guys own? Uh, we don't own all the source code to uh, all the products, um, but we own a large majority of them. Um, you know, something to keep in mind with Acclaim is uh, a lot of stuff, uh, you know, the IP that we hold um, wasn't entirely, uh, you know, all PC titles. Uh, majority uh, of what we have is a lot of PS2, a lot of uh, GameCube, Xbox, uh, SNES and NES titles. Um, which you know has made it a little bit more difficult in terms of the source, but we've we have figured that out, um, and uh, you know we continue to figure that out with uh, as we start to you know release these titles on different platforms. Um, but yeah, I mean we've we we've, we have different methods of getting this stuff out, and uh, you know we've it's been a learning experience, but uh, I think we've got it pretty nailed down now. Oh, uh, that's good to hear. That's good to hear. Um. Yeah. um so before we get into sort of the main event, um, I want to talk about so, uh, some other re recently released projects that you guys have uh, done. Um, namely, uh, first of all, the iOS 10 stickers. Um, what are these exactly? Uh, the iOS 10 stickers, so for those who don't have an iPhone, uh, unfortunately you cannot use them. Um, but uh, iOS 10 stickers are essentially uh, just kind of uh, images or stickers that you can place within a uh, kind of a chat, uh, you know, message on, on the iMessage app or whatever with your friends. Um, and so, you know, as we're, you know, creating um, assets for these games that are going up on Steam or on GOG and stuff like that, um, you know, it's, it's another way to have people express, you know, their fandom to some of the titles um, and, uh, you know, show just some retro, you know, love, I guess, and kind of their their text messaging or their eye messaging, I guess. Um, they've been a pretty good success for us. Um, we've seen a lot of uh, downloads on it, a lot of receptiveness to it. Um, and uh, actually, uh, primarily to the to the retro titles, like the Trick Style Sticker Pack um, that we did in um, accordance with uh, GOG uh, and the Gladiator Pack have actually done uh, very well for us. So, and, and both those are free. Um, and it's just a way just to get the stuff out there and just, 
if people love the game, hey, they can download it and have it. It's not a big deal. Right. And um, are there any plans for an Android version of this? Yeah, so there is uh, an Android uh, version of kind of iOS stickers. Um, the name escapes me right now, but um, yeah, there is there is a plan back at the studio to uh, get chopping away at that and and to uh, you know to possibly bring those in the future to Android devices. That's good to hear. I, I I don't think anyone on staff here has an iPhone. We're all Android. Yeah, yeah, no. Well, I'm in the market for a smartphone soon, and I don't know which kind I'm going to be getting. So, uh, given your budget range, I don't think it's going to be an iPhone. Yeah, unless unless there's unless there's a sharp discount for. I doubt uh, it. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, yeah. We're looking at a, um, <laughs> yeah. If you're going to get an iPhone, it's probably like going to be a like an iPhone four or something like that. Yeah, I don't, I don't, yeah, off eBay or something, even at that, because I don't, I don't think the word discount really goes next to an iPhone at any any stage. <laughs> no, yeah, probably not. I'm, I'm like Apple products in general. I, I, yeah, I, I, I think that's one reason why I never took to to iDevices and Mac devices. It's just so expensive. Yes, uh, there's anyway. definitely a cost. <laughs> Um, well, anyway, so um, you got this other thing that was released on the Windows Store recently called Canvas Craft. Mm -hmm. uh, is this a game or is this like an, you know, a paint program? Uh, what is it? Uh, it's just like a little uh, a puzzle game. So uh, a couple of our developers uh, actually just came up with that, you know, on lunch, uh, over a couple lunch breaks, and uh, they just fiddled around with it and just said, hey, you know, let's just put it up as free on uh, on the Windows Store. Um, and it's just uh, it's a uh, it's a puzzle kind of uh, game where basically you're matching uh, primary and secondary colors. Uh, so it's a it's a match game. So there's a one image, you know, that could show you know a couple red squares, a couple blue squares, a couple green squares, whatever it be. And uh, essentially you're just uh, you're mixing the colors to match that. Uh, and it's just a thing that the guys just kind of messed around with and just put it up, just had fun with it. <laughs> hey, uh, is like, uh, is that something that's going to stay exclusive in the Windows Store? Uh, no, I, I think right now, you know, Canvas Craft is one of those things where, again, it was just a fun little project. It wasn't like you know, we kind of sat down and said, this is the next thing we're doing. Like, uh, and, and we do that a lot with uh, with stuff at the back. You know, there's a lot of stuff that the guys work on just to, you know, elevate their skills and also just some neat stuff that they work on that have helped us uh, along the road bring either some of these titles to Steam or, uh, you know, work on these uh, new ones that we're, that we're hoping to bring out soon. Right. No. Right. So, uh, onwards to like kind of the main title here: Gladiator Sword of Vengeance. Um. Right. So, where to start with this? Um. So, why was this like? Maybe not the first title you guys have put out, but you know, it's the first of the old acclaimed games that has seen a modern release. Why this one in particular? Um, well, I, I think, you know, Gladiator, um, first of all, I, I like it. I, I enjoy the game. Um, it does actually have a, a pretty decent following uh, online. But it's also, I think it was a good uh, start in terms of, you know, not playing the trump card right away and making sure that, you know, we're hitting, uh, you know, and executing on our launch and, and making sure that we can do this appropriately. And I think a title 
to do that, a good test title was was definitely Gladiator. Um, you know, it is a fantastic game, um, and uh, you know, it was cool to bring it to the to the Windows Store first. Um, obviously, you know, the reasons for that is, you know, obviously there's um, there's there's different reasons as to why you bring it to to different platforms first in terms of level of support and, and relationships with the various companies. Um, but it's also served as a good, uh, I think, for us, a learning experience is a good test market in terms of, you know, it's not hitting, you know, it's not going to like Yankee Stadium, right? First <laughs> with the game versus, uh, you know, the ballpark in your hometown, right? So it's, it's a good way, it's a good way of putting the, the title out there, testing it, making sure everything works uh, appropriately, um, making sure people are hearing about it, and then, um, you know, going to the big, the big guy, which would be um, on Steam. And so, you know, that's primarily the reason why we worked on that. Uh, it, it was a title that, you know, from a, a technical standpoint, we knew we could could get out there. Um, and, uh, you know, in terms of getting it out on, on in the market, you know, it was one that, hey, you know, we're new to doing that. This is the first shot of going at it. So, you know, let's let's make sure we've got all the ducks in a row, basically, before we get it out there on the, on the big guy. Right. Uh, I recall some other reasons um, from Robert last year, like, um, uh, like uh, Throwback is actually very invested in like cloud applications. No, yes, <clears throat> yes. Sorry, that that also is the uh, the other technical aspect to it with the the Azure integration um, as, as to why you know it had went to to Windows Store first. Um, you know that that was an an agreement uh, um, towards the Azure platform. Um, but yeah, sorry about that. Thank you for reminding me about that. <laughs> uh, it's like I. Uh, well, it's like I remember the game yeah. being like announced at a um, Microsoft Cloud conference. Yeah, at uh, Build in Chicago. Yeah. Yeah. So, and um, for the record, the game is uh, if you buy it, say for the Windows 10 store, you can play it for the Xbox One and Windows Phone, correct? I uh, know it's only on uh, it's only on PC right now for 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 on the Windows Store. That's it. Um, you know, there's hope to bring the support to the phone and to the uh, Xbox One in the future, and we'll look to do that. Um, but right now, Windows Store, it's only a PC, uh, and, you know, same for Steam. Only PC. I see. Uh, like, and, well, first, uh, towards the Windows Store version, that's been out since last December, I believe. And... Uh, yeah, there was a, there was an original copy that went out. That was the RT version. Um, obviously, you know, Windows uh, had jumped around a lot between RT and now UWP. Uh, and so when they did that jump, there was some technical stuff and uh, basically the game was updated and put out at a different release date on Windows Store, which was this year, this current year, or just before, yeah, just before uh, New Year. Yeah. Yeah, I'm like, well, I recall we reviewed the game in January. Yes, yeah. I don't know if you, uh, like, I sent you the review. I don't know if you ever listened to it. Yeah, yeah, I listened to it. I heard it. Yeah, I listened to all you guys. Uh, you guys were talking about it. You guys were talking about the uh, the uh, UWP platform as a whole. Um, yeah. And, yeah, yeah, I heard all that stuff, too. So. I, I won't lie. We found it to be an average game at best, and, you know, and... Yeah. Well, I mean, here's the thing, right? It is, a, it is an older title. Um, yeah. Uh, and you know it does have those notes of uh, of you know the God of War like you guys have been talking about. Obviously, yeah. God of War came out after it, 
with yeah, uh, no. some, some team members that were originally on uh, Gladiator um, ended up going to uh, God of War, and you can kind of see those notes in God of War, um, how they kind of cross over the different products. But, uh, yeah, no, it's... Uh, yeah, it's, yeah, I, yeah, I again, think a like lot of the reason it looked average is just because of how much that formula has been elaborated upon since it originally came out. Well, no, for sure. And it's also, well, it's a PlayStation 2 title. Um, did you guys do any like, remastering to the game, or you know, was it released kind of as it was back in, say, 2004, 2003, when, it, when the game came out? Um, there are some bug fixes done to it, um, and and you know that's that's a major point I want to bring up also is that when we're releasing these titles um, for for future uh, release on on Steam and then so on, um, you know if there are bugs in the past like game breaking bugs or just you know annoying bugs that basically hurt the review of the title or kind of you know tarnish the overall feel of the title, um, that's something that we do look out to fix uh, if possible, right? I mean since this is difficult to. Uh, to, you know, scour through the source code and try to figure out what's doing what. But, uh, you know, we want to fix those bugs before. But for Gladiator, we, um, I mean, it can go all the way up to uh, 1080p. Um, the lighting was fixed on a bit, and the textures were, were bumped up a bit. Um, and there were some bugs that were fixed also um, for Gladiator. So we did do some changes to it. Um, and, and, you know, even with, uh, we just announced uh, TrickStyle, coming out, um, you know, February 21st on, on Steam. And that's already available right now on uh, GOG. Um, but for Trickstyle, uh, you know, uh, we've, you know, we're having that on Steam and that's got, you know, full controller support right out the gate. And it's, uh, you know, we're also going to be including um, a, a soundtrack with that, like the original soundtrack also on that on Steam as well as I'm hoping to get uh, the original manual and be able to put that in also just for, you know, the purpose of, you know, some collectors out there like to, like to see that stuff or some guys who, you know, really like gaming history like to see that stuff. So, you know, we're always looking to, you know, going forward, I, I personally am always looking to make sure how can we, you know, put as much as possible with these old titles that, you know, originally accompanied them. So if I can put the soundtrack out with them and bundle it with them and give you that, you know, I want to do that. And uh, same with, you know, the old manuals and all that stuff. Even though there's old art, you know, as we start to, you know, start this process of putting these titles out, you know, that's something that uh, Throwback really wants to do. That's good to hear. That's good to hear. And we're also hoping that we can review Trick Style when it hits Steam. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, uh, and, you know, we usually like reviewing games on Steam because, it, you know, it, it's the most hassle-free platform out there. Oh, absolutely. I think it's definitely, you know, I, I think obviously there's always some stuff to, uh, that anyone can work on, but I, I think, you know, right now Steam's kind of the, you know, the guy that everyone, everyone else's gaming platform should pretty much be aiming for, right, and striving for. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I love Steam. Yeah. You know, it, it's... How do I put this? It, you know, no matter what your stance on Steam as you know or Valve is, it's you know, it's the place to be as far as digital dis distribution on the PC goes. You know, yep. uh, with some very specific exceptions that I can think of, like Minecraft or Blizzard titles. Like yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, on the other hand, um, you know. There's a lot of traffic on Steam these days. Yes. And, 
you know, so the question beckons, how do you um, get your games out there to the populace of Steam? You know, how, how do they get to notice Gladiator or Trick Style? Um, so for Gladiator, um, you know, we, we had a coming soon page up there for just a couple of days um, just before launch. Uh, and, you know, I can obviously see the numbers. Um, as, as to the users visiting that coming soon page or, you know, kind of, I guess, pre-ordering or wish-listing it, right? Um, and, and, you know, but organically, a lot of people found it. Um, a lot of people found it through, you know, either Facebook or social media or, you know, our press releases on Game of Sutra and stuff like that. But um, people are, are, you know, generally looking for these titles constantly, which, uh, you know, was a little bit stunning to me at, at first when I started working with this... Uh, IP library, I kind of thought, okay, cool, you know, like older games, like I understand that, um, you know, classic titles and, and some retro titles are, are pretty hot right now. I mean, the NES uh, classic that came out definitely justifies the market. But, um, you know, like even the trick style one that's out right now, you know, there's a coming soon page. And like the first day that it was up there uh, for the coming soon page, there's already a comment like, oh my gosh, I can't believe it. You know, like 20 years later, pretty much. And the game's going to be available on Steam. Like, awesome. Thank you so much. And, you know, there's comments like that on Gladiator, like, what? No way. And, and Gladiator uh, seems to be, you know, pretty popular title out in uh, Germany. Uh, there's a lot of German fans of Gladiator Sword of Vengeance. Uh, and I don't know if that's because, you know, it's an uncut version for Germany. As uh, I don't know if you guys are, know, you know, the, the sensory uh, rights of, of Germany. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm generally aware of what Germany does. Yeah. Like, I'm not surprised that it befell... Um, gladiator, like, like they, um, Germany in general doesn't like human um, deaths in video games. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, famously yeah. in another acclaimed, well, the Turok, uh, yeah. they, the German version changed all the enemies to robots. You know, the yeah, there's no humans. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. Um, so it, it, it's done pretty well in Western Europe, and it's uh, doing well in North America. And like I said, hey, the fans are the fans are finding the page. Um, you know, with our help or without our help, and uh, they're liking it. So, you know, that that, that gives us, uh, you know, a definite, uh, you know, that makes us happy all, uh, back at the studio. Everyone's pretty pretty pumped up that, you know, when we release these titles that people are looking for these and, and they're looking to have these in their, uh, you know, the Steam library. And, and, you know, Gladiator has achievements, cards, cloud save, all that jazz, all the stuff that we could possibly put into it. Um, and, uh, you know, they appreciate that also. Makes sense. Makes sense. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, and um, so in regards to Gladiator and Trick Style, um, are there any plans to bring the titles to consoles or mobile devices? You know, I, I, um, I think so. The only one that could ever really go to mobile are between those two. Is in my mind would be the Gladiator. I, I think Tristal is just a little bit too, too crazy to to probably put on mobile in terms of the gameplay. Um, now, in terms of bringing them to console, hey, we're always looking to to bring them out to as many people as we can. Uh, you know, that's something that you know we hopefully do look forward to do in the future. Um, but yeah, in terms of mobile, you know, Gladiator is the only one that I could possibly see its gameplay as being you know a good mobile title. Yeah, I remember Robert mentioning that um, he, he thought Gladiator's um, gameplay would um, mesh well with a touch device. You know, because yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, it, it is 
you know, it is pretty simple stuff. And, yep. you know, especially like bringing a PlayStation 2 title to, uh, to a mobile device, I've seen it done. Now, it's not pretty, it can be done, but you either <laughs> have to get into virtual D uh, pads, you know, virtual buttons, yeah. or you have to have a really expensive Bluetooth controller. Right, yeah, and I mean, like that's the thing, right? Is I think for for, for us at Throwback, we're we're really focused on you know, you know, it's one thing to put these titles out and make them available on Steam, but uh, you know, like I said, you know, if it's possible to bring them to console, that's great. We're focused on you know console uh, and and Steam um, going forward. Um, you know, we don't really have a focus on, on mobile. Um, if we can bring something to mobile, and it makes sense from a business standpoint for us, and it's going to play well. Um, then cool but if it's gonna be you know rough around the edges on an iphone then you know i'm probably not gonna want to put it out <laughs> if it's not gonna work too well so yeah i i can see the logic there yeah. um right, so um this is a question we've been asking various developers and publishers because it's kind of the hot topic going on at least one of them um what are your thoughts on the Nintendo Switch? Ah, okay. Um, I really like it. I, I think it's it's got a lot of, you know, I think it's, it's gotten a lot of, not bad press, it's got kind of like mixed weird press, I feel. Like in all the stuff that I've read and all the videos I've watched, there's, it's either kind of people have really, really not liked it or people have really loved it. <laughs> um, I, for one, I, I, you know, I am uh, a huge Nintendo fan, but I don't let that, I don't let the Nintendo shades go over my eyes when, uh, when I see a new product release. I think they, they could have done a little bit better of a job, um, you know, kind of explain the technical specs of it for developers. I think a lot of developers were kind of just sat there and were like, okay, cool. So like, what is it? What's in it? What does it run? <laughs> what can I use for it? Can I use Unreal for it? Can I use this for it? Right? And like, you know, I can read an IGN article that says. Hey, it has Unreal support, but until it comes from the mouth of, you know, an account manager, whoever at, at at Nintendo, it doesn't really mean much to me, right? Until I hear it from actually Nintendo. Um, so I feel like the technical specs have done a better job. I'm I'm looking forward to um, the fact that you know it is a home console, but you can still pick it up and you know, on the go play Zelda. That's probably what I'm most excited for. Um, uh, I do like the Joy-Cons. I think that the, the pricing for the Joy-Cons and the um, other accessories are a little high. Um, and I, I don't fully understand the reasoning um, behind the um, online um, kind of application that you have to run on like a phone or a tablet or whatever external from the actual device in order to do, you know, online communication uh, with yeah, your friends. I can actually explain that um, because Nintendo has actually offered up an explanation for that. It's because no, the Switch. Okay, it's because the Switch is a um, console a handheld hybrid. They mm -hmm. figured, you know, you might have your Switch, uh, you know, out in the field, and so they figured the best way to have voice chat was through a smartphone app. Uh, use three G. This okay, is their gotcha. thought process. You know, it's like I, I'm still not sure what the switch itself. Um, yeah. But you know, that, mm. this is what Nintendo has said. Right. Okay. So, so they basically, so they're just saying, hey, you basically tether 
So if I want to play Mario Kart 8 Deluxe right against my friends, I'm basically tethering to my smartphone to get the 3G, right? And then I'm also using the VoIP or whatever, right, on my phone in order to Probably something talk like that, to my yeah. friends. Yeah. Okay. That's interesting. I like. I mean, I think that's a, a decent reasoning. Um, I, yeah. It's all right. I can see why they didn't didn't put 3G into it. It was probably because the product would have costed a lot, right? Like, I mean, if you if they sat there and said, "Hey, this one's 3G capable," I'm reminded of the Vita. <laughs> yeah yeah exactly so there you go right like they put that in and boom now it's not you know now it's not 299 or 399 whatever it is it's you know like 450 or whatever because you have to constitute that chip in it but yeah it's very possible and um you know as far as like the joy cons being so expensive that's because of all the tech in it yeah, I, I like I get that. It's more just the the controller, like the standalone controller is like eighty dollars, yeah. like the pro controller or whatever. Yeah. Um, I, I do think that's a, a little high, but no, the Joy Cons are cool. Um, it is when it first came out. Like I watched the press release. I don't know if you guys watched it like live or whatever. The sorry, the press conference live. Um, yeah. We, and we, uh, yeah. Oh, awesome! But um, yeah, no, I, I like it's got the. Like the special rumble or whatever, you can feel like the ice cubes and glass <laughs> demo that they had, and then the uh, uh, it's also got the infrared sensor. So, but again, you know, I'd like to see how you know developers are going to use that. If it's going to be something that um, you know people actually utilize, or you know, beyond just launch titles, right? Like the Wii U as an example, like that zombie or whatever it was that uh, I think Ubisoft made. Um, yeah, so they made uh, they made a game and they. You know, they utilized the touchpad for that. And then any game after that was just kind of like, you know, meh, whatever. So, I, you know, I don't know if developers are just sick of, um, you know, like, I, I think integrating that might, stuff. But, yeah. That might be down to the individual developer. Like, um, yeah. we, have a develop, we had a developer on uh, a few weeks ago who was really enthusiastic about the Switch and uh, the HD Rumble in particular. Mm -hmm. It's like, like I said, I... I think it depends on what you're doing and um, what you're aiming for. Uh, you know, I gotta admit, I, I don't know exactly because, you know, in regards to like the specs and everything, um, everything's currently under lockdown. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, it's like Nintendo hasn't really communicated the specs with the public. I'm pretty sure like developers know, but they're under NDA. Yes. And also yep. we'll know when iFixit pulls it apart. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, like, yeah. um, like apparently some uh, documents about not the final version of the Switch, but a, a you know a like a prototype dev kit leaked the other day, I think. Oh well. Like, but uh, you know, it's like yeah, it, it's like at some point when the when the system launches, we'll know what it's capable of publicly. Now, like in regards to the Switch. Do you would you could you see a gladiator or a trick style on the system? Oh, for sure. I, I mean, you know, as much as I just you know said I, I didn't understand those things about the Switch, I am absolutely enthusiastic about it. Um, I, I'm loving that Nintendo's actually still going forward and you know making consoles um, and still in the game um, with it. And I think that this one's going to be pretty well received. But yeah, I mean, uh, if again, if we can bring gladiator and trick style to that system. Um, and allow more people to play it and, and try it out, then absolutely. Um, and, and, you know, when we find out more stuff about um, uh, virtual console 
uh, information regarding the switch, uh, some more details about it, you know, that's, that's something we'll also look into as well. Because um, that, that, that's a platform I'd love to be on. That's a very good question because I think out of everything surrounding the switch, like the virtual console stuff is kind of the murkiest right now. Like mm -hmm. outside of, you know, um, NES and Super NES games online enabled, no less. Um, we yeah. haven't heard anything about the virtual console. Like, like there have been some rumblings, like, um, like there's apparently going to be a GameCube um, virtual console for the Switch. Mm -hmm. But I'm like, indicators doesn't look like it's going to be at launch. Mm -hmm. No, and, and that's the thing too, right? Is like, it's just, yeah. I, I, like, as a developer, you know, I don't know what, what is, you know, totally at launch and what, what's still yet to be announced, right? Like, like there's, there could be a lot of things. Like, the UI for, for, the, uh, for the Switch wasn't even, you know, shown at the uh, at the press conference. And, you know, I found out later on about it, and I was really scared and worried about it. I was like, oh, wow, like, is there a UI to this thing? Yeah. Like, what does it look like? And, and so, you know, I finally found out what it looks like, which is great. But, uh, yeah, no, there's definitely some missing missing points there. Um, and, you know, I think Nintendo will figure it out. Um, well, and, like I said, yeah. there seems to be, well, there's like two kinds of developers out there right now. Mm -hmm. There's the, Nint the Nintendo favored, the, the people who are working with Nintendo um, already. Like, there's quite a few indie games announced for the system, for example. And, like, I think I first saw the UI out of um, a post from Nicholas for example, like, so, you know, it's like, there are the, there are the developers that are working with Nintendo right now, and then there's kind of like everybody else, like, you know, because mm -hmm. I know, like, there are um, developers and publishers who want more information, who want to get their hands on a dev kit, but can't right now, because Nintendo's apparently being selected, by this. or, you know, they, they are, they, they're not at the capacity yet to, like, have more dev kits for a um, wider, um, developments or whatever it is, it's like right. they're not at that stage yet. Yeah. Well, also, you know, they might might be short on some dev kits, right? Because sometimes dev kits have um, different, uh, you know, different, I guess, outlays to them. Like they kind of, you know, one might support Unity, one might support Unreal, right? For the differences in dev kits, so they might be short on one uh, one skew of those dev kits for for developers as well. But you know, it's a thing. Um, I, I think. Well, one thing I will say about it is I do like how it's not region locked. I think that's fantastic um, for the system. But also, like to you know the two developers, I think um, something to always keep in mind with Nintendo is that you know at the same time Nintendo you know releases this console, and uh, you know a lot of people are kind of like, oh, it's kind of murky as to you know what's on it and, and you know what the features are and there's stuff still rolling out about it. But something that Nintendo's good at that Sony and Microsoft still have to catch up on is is that family friendly title, and that's something that Sony and Microsoft both want. You know, they want that market, um, and they, they have yet to kind of figure it out. And I don't know if that's just because of the consoles that they have and, you know, kind of the UI or it's kind of the stigma of those consoles having, you know, the Call of Duties and the, you know, you know the more mature titles. Viewed as bro consoles and not the family-friendly consoles. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, the only thing that's going to fix that, right, is, is, is bringing, you know, family-friendly title games to, to the Xbox and, and, and PS4. And, you know, one that I'm looking forward to is uh, Ukulele. Um, but, uh, like, you know, I think the last one Microsoft had was Viva Pinata. Uh, yeah, um, well, the, you can count the rare replay that they just brought back, but even some of those titles are kind of, well, yeah. 
in terms of family friendliness, Sony's Sony's actually a lot better than people give them credit for. Like they've got a ton of family friendly stuff, like say Ratchet and Clank, and you know Jack and Daxter, and uh, you know going all the way back to like publishing Spider Crash Bandicoot. It's just you know oh, yeah. nobody nobody like really remembers those in comparison to like the Kill Zones and God of Wars. Yeah, My, but I think. Uh, yeah. Sorry, no, go ahead. Sorry about that. <laughs> Microsoft uh, really didn't achieve success in the family-friendly arena until the Kinect, you know, and they had all those Kinect games, and kind of went away when, well, Kinect went away. <clears throat> Back right, into yeah. the closet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I, I mean, yeah, thanks for bringing up the, the Spyro and Crash Bandicoot stuff. You're, you're absolutely right about that with the, the PlayStation 1, and, and, and then most of the PlayStation 2 also saw quite a fair bit of family titles. But I think they I think they both kind of ran away with this kind of FPS, uh, you know, more mature title stuff on both systems. And, and to this day right now, you know, it is a little bit like you can you can point to Ratchet and Clank, but when the title is up your arsenal, like it's, <laughs> it kind of discredits and discounts you know, the parent going and buying the PlayStation, um, you know, for the for, for their kid when the title of the game is, you know, up your arsenal, right, which is clearly a nod to something, something else. But, yeah, I mean... I think that was rated yeah. T for teen. Yeah, no, for sure. But, like, like that's the thing. I, just, I, I think Nintendo has to has to stay in. Like, I, I don't want to be in an industry where there's no Nintendo because I think Nintendo brings back to that, hey, Easy to play but hard to master uh, in terms of in terms of their games and uh, you know they, they most of their titles you know beyond Zelda you know don't have like the most elaborate crazy story but you know like every Mario title I, you know I've pretty much had fun with every single Mario title that's ever come out I've never had an issue with it um, and in most of their games you know the games never really have bugs uh, you know maybe they're not aesthetically um, you know to the same level as uh, PlayStation or Xbox, but um, they're definitely um, they're just good games. Like they're just all around good games. Generally, that comes out on there. And then obviously, you get a lot of you know you get the days of of Wii and and Wii U where you get that you know the kind of the the bloatware where it's just kind of like hey let's just throw you know a no name Wii Sports on the Wii. you know like let's recreate Wii Sports and put it up. But you know that was companies unfortunately just jumping on and trying to get a piece of the pie, right? So. Sometimes it was successful, sometimes it was like, yes. <laughs> like, um, Carnival Games comes to mind. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. You know, it's a, a pretty terrible mini game collection, but it sold like millions. You know, but uh, that was kind of like in that uh, period of time when, you know, the Wii, you know, the Wii shovelware was just red hot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, for sure. And I, I mean, even look at the, um, the love for peripherals. For the Wii and the Wii U, right? Like you had the you had the U Draw tablet, um, you had like baseball bat attachments and stuff like that, and it, it was just you know it, it's uh, it was just flooded with stuff where it, the consumer just sat there and went like, okay, this is getting ridiculous. Yeah, then, we have a know. box of Wii remote add-on things downstairs that we got at Target. And they were going out of business. Right. But that that's that's the issue, right? Is that none of that is Nintendo's fault, which is what sucks the most because it's just the people throwing out the baseball bats. Like I think there's there's boxing glove attachments too where you can like put your uh, Wii remotes yeah. in the boxing gloves. And but like none of this is Nintendo licensed, right? This is all like you know, no name third party stuff or whatever. And and you know that you know, I count that as as being basically the killer of, you know, any, you know, peripheral I, I hate to use the word gimmicky stuff, but any kind of like 
connect or, or, or motion controlled stuff instead. Like, I think it really killed it. Just I them opening the gates. Yeah. I think it's one reason. I think the uh, other reason was there was really nowhere to go with motion controls at that stage. Now, mm -hmm. um, really all uh, possibilities had been explored um, either via Wiimote or Connect, uh, at least right. until well, virtual reality hit the scene. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I, I mean, yeah, and I, I also think another reason too is, you know, when, when developers were creating those games with the Wiimote, like you said, you know, from a technology standpoint, you know, there wasn't a ton you could do in differentiation from, from different titles with the motion controls. So what you end up getting is you get five games that have the same controls, right? So no one could really differentiate their game. The only difference is there's a different character on the screen and you're kind of doing the same motion, right? So it seems repetitive. Yeah. Well, the other problem was, um, well, the, the motion controls end up replacing, you know, traditional button presses. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, and that made for a lot of awkward um, ports <laughs> and, and getting turned into basically the human D-pad. Yeah, absolutely. The human yeah, using using <laughs> using using a waggle as another button type thing is not necessarily always bad, but when you like give up things that would be easier to do with just a button, that doesn't help anything. Exactly, it's just complicating it. At any rate, so. Um, the future. Um, I'm not sure how much you can talk about this, but um, can you tell us anything about what you have in store, you know, in terms of releases, aside from, like, trick style and Steam? Yeah, sure. Um, so, you know, like I had mentioned uh, a little bit, I think, towards the start of the show, um, you know, our main focus uh, is, is, is creating, you know, reimaginations of these titles, not remasters, completely reimaginations of, of, of some of the beloved IP that we own um, and bringing it to consoles. Um, and, and, you know, that we're working on uh, one right now and, uh, you know, that will come out on a console. Um, I right. can't tell you the name. <laughs> I can't right. tell you if I'm genre, nothing like that. Well, for a bit of a hint for those who might be listening, I recall Robert mentioning this um, last year. It's going to be a reimagining of a beloved N64 title. Uh, yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, and that will come out on uh, on consoles. So, you know, we're focused on, on console, console gaming uh, going forward as a company. But uh, we do have a, you know... Um, almost a duty uh, in it to bring out these uh, older titles that we have and, and bring them to, you know, fans on Steam. Uh, and, and you know, make sure that, you know, when we're bringing them out, we're not just, you know, lazily throwing up a port on Steam, like, hey, here you go, here's TrickStyle. It's like, no, here's TrickStyle. Here's, you know, we put in added controller support. You know, we put the trading cards in. It's got Steam Cloud. You know, it's got the soundtrack. Here's some uh, original art from it, and here's the original manual from it. You know, it's not, like we don't want to just throw stuff at people you know i want to make sure that we take time and that we um you know give what we can back to the fans these guys have been waiting for, for quite some time and a lot of people you know can't find these games or if you do you have to find them on ebay and, and buy them for like 20 bucks or 30 bucks in the box right so it's uh it's something that i want to bring back to the fans and, and you know we are doing a, a very good job at it and we're doing it in a, a uh, very timely manner where, you know, we'll be seeing uh, numerous titles coming onto Steam over the next coming months. 
Like, um, like, can you give us a number? Uh, I could tell you in the next couple months, definitely above four titles, four or five titles. So like our goal is just to keep a steady stream uh, as a company and keep releasing these out when we can. Obviously the nature of it, the product that we're working with is technical hurdles, um, right? In terms of, you know, like you'd stated before reverse engineering or, um, you know, trying to figure out the source code. Um, but Hey, you know, we're working around the clock to try and get these out and uh, we've got a great team. Um, back at the studio that uh, really knows what they're doing and uh, are actually very passionate about all these titles. Right. And um, are you going to keep releasing games for GOG and Windows Store as well? Yeah, I, I mean, we'll, we'll keep partnering with GOG. They're uh, a good partner of ours. Um, and uh, we, you know, we'll, we'll keep working with Windows Store as we see fit um, with all three of those, Steam, Windows Store, and GOG. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll encompass uh, them in, in some sort of way, uh, you know, whether it be, you know, someone gets the game a little bit later than the other one or, or what, what, whatever it be, uh, we will work with those three uh, partners. That's good to hear. That's good to hear. Well, um, I think that's about it from my end. Uh, I'll see if my cohorts have any last questions for you. I don't have anything. Alex? I think we've covered most of the stuff I was curious about. Um, so, did we cover anything that, you know, uh, anyway. Okay, I guess um, we are, uh, we are good. Yeah. Cool. Right. <laughs> right. Um, Jeff, um, I want to thank you for taking time out of your schedule to join us today. Um, we look forward to reviewing Trick Style in the next weeks. Um, and we look forward to having you on the program again when um, more of these games are out and, you know, we can talk about them. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. And, uh, yeah, as uh, stuff gets released more and more, you know, I'd love to come back on the show and uh, keep discussing with you guys. Yeah, no problem, no problem. All right, so that'll about do it for uh, this installment of Fragments of Silicon. Be sure to join us for our Alpha episode happening Wednesday tomorrow as we welcome David Autry of New Bloods Interactive. We're going to be talking about the retro-styled FPS, uh, Dusk. I had previously mentioned it was Strafe. I got my uh, retro-styled FPSs confused there. My apologies, but I'm looking forward to that. Right, and um, MSP is still slated to happen um, tomorrow as well as the Indiegogo campaign. So more on that um, after Fragments. And until such time, I wish you good gaming. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.